Are we recording? Yep, let's Welcome go. everyone to the Rink Rat Report podcast. Today is, I just got the reminder, it's the day before garbage day, so I have to take the garbage out. Um, or Jan 11, probably when you're listening to this. Joined by Jason today. Yes, sir. Josh still on vacation yep. in Florida. Must be nice. Must it's be nice. So shitty here in uh, Toronto. Honestly, could be worse. Well, it could be, yeah. It could be. There's somewhere getting a hurricane, I'm sure. So that's a good point. We could be uh, we could be experiencing a lot more. It's just depressing. I yeah, don't know when it's always gray enough. outside. It feels like we're living in London, England. If we're if I'm being honest, yeah. right? Uh, we have more than a few things to look at. We officially hit the halfway point of the Leafs season game forty one. Yes, we're going to take a look at some mid season report cards. We got some answers from the listeners. Thank you so much for everyone that filled that out. We're going to take a look at some injury updates. Uh, a new Leaf probably going to be making his debut pretty soon. Um, what else is going on? The three games that just happened this week, Philadelphia, Detroit, Kraken, which I went backwards on. I don't know why. Um, and then we have another back-to-back coming up soon. We'll, we'll touch on that as well. And we have a little point here. We're going to talk about the Steve Dangle debate. Are we? We could. If, Let, we, if we have time. Let's say that for next, next episode. It's in regards to do the Leafs start on time kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, yeah. we'll get to that. Maybe a teaser for next episode. Maybe. Yeah. So let's get into it. The Kraken game was maybe just the most... To start, I start off with the mo- the furthest one away. We usually start with the closest one. But the Kraken was ma- game was maybe the most like turn that garbage off game I've ever experienced with the Leafs. Simply because the Canada game won with... Canada, World Juniors gold medal game was on at the exact same time. I saw so many people I knew at the game. I was like, "Why?" I, I, I there was a sh- I didn't I wasn't watching that game. I was watching the World Junior game, but I saw on Twitter while watching the World Junior game there were people huddled around mm-hmm. um, the TVs in the in the concourse at the Leafs game. That's what so, I heard <laughs> from everyone that was at the Leafs. Game. Majority like, of people at the game weren't yeah. even watching the game. It they was, were just huddled around watching TVs, watching the juniors. Exactly. It was such a two TV or. TV laptop for me in mm-hmm. my case kind of night that it was like I don't know why you would want to go to the game live. I yeah. mean it was just like save your money. Go I mean the Wednesday game against the Predators, the tickets prices are way better from yeah. what I saw than they were that Thursday. So if uh if that was you, God bless, whatever. I mean this game was it was kind of weird in the sense that after the first period it was zero zero. It was 1-1, and then after that 1-1, after Tavares scored that goal, literally, what's this, 6, 14 seconds later, Vince Dunn scored, Mm -hmm. and it felt like this game was just over. Yeah. It was actually such a great... The Leafs were playing such a great game up until that point, and then bang, 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 few goals goes in the back of the net, and this game was over. First period, the Leafs had 9-3 in shots, they were they were really taking it to the crack, and I believe there was a power play. Yeah, the Leafs scored on a power play in the second period, midway through, and it looked like we had a great game on our hands. Like the Kraken play some good shutdown hockey. They get some really big D. They're they're forwards. Some of them can really shoot the puck, but they're shooting at a kind of an unsustainable clip. But we'll see how that plays out. I mean, like some of the goal scorers, like Jared McCann, Jordan Eberle's a good goal scorer. Matty Beniers is finding the back of the net. Uh, Ely Tolvanen's got a great shot. He hasn't really found a goal scorer's touch, but he scored against the Leafs. So, but yeah. And then like just after that Tavares goal, like I was so happy. 
I was so like, oh my God, like five forward power play. We saw a double screen and a high tip that went in. I was like, wow, like that's that was such a great goal. They were moving the puck really well. And then just to have it end as a five one game, you're like, okay, well, that was all for nothing. Yeah. It's really tough. I don't believe in momentum. Like I don't know if that's really a thing. I but know. like if, I for sure do. if if there if there is evidence of momentum, this is the game right here. Like the yeah. Leafs, like you're you, like we we scored 14 seconds later. They score. It just takes yeah. all the wind out of your sails. It's like we were tied and now we're down. And then a couple minutes later, you they score get again. A save. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, actually, Matt Murray made one good breakaway save. I don't. I think it was in the second period. But the like the issue is when you're not getting a lot of shots like that. And then the point shots that were coming through kept tipping off of Leafs players or tipping off of Kraken players like just a little, little bit. And then that Jared McCann goal, which to make it 3-1, that just really sunk you. It was a horrible defensive miscue. By I, I, I blame David Camp mainly on that one. He was supposed to be covering for Giordano. He st- like stormed straight into the corner and then... It threw Morgan Riley off, and Jared McCann was just wide open for a breakaway. And then he, he finishes because he's got a good shot. 18th of the year for him. Wow. Not bad, huh? Wish the Leafs could have kept him. Yep. What can you do? Debate for another day. Yeah. Like, pretty much, like, like the first half of this game was great, and then it was just turn, turned it off. It was turned off so quick because it was it was 1-1, and then 11-08 Vince Dunn, 13-50 Jared McCann, and then 17-25 Maddie Beneers, and it's like, okay, goodbye. And then 2:57 into the third period, Alex Wenberg, and it was like, okay, I've had enough. I've seen enough. There's a different hockey game going on, and it's a lot better than this. Yeah. So we can burn the tape on that one, call it a sleepy midday, midweek game, whatever. They were then in Detroit on Saturday. This game was very in. Did you get a good look at this one? Uh, yes, I did. Yes. This game was quite interesting to watch because it felt like in the first period, the Leafs played a lot better than what the shot share showed. Shot share showed. Say that three times fast. In in this one, I mean, so we, like the Leafs, when you look at the shot totals, end of the first period, it was eight to two Detroit. Did it feel like that though? It did not. It didn't. It definitely did not. Like, I mean, even just like we were out, out chance throughout Corsi four, mm-hmm. Fenwick four, like six to 14 at five on five at five on five. Yes. Uh, honestly, you know what? I didn't even look at the, even, uh, like all strengths number shots were even in the first period. Even. That's why it felt like that. Not the shot. Uh, the shots. Sorry. The course Corsi four was even the shot. Corsi attempts. Yes. Were even. Exactly. Yes. The shot attempts were even, but the shot totals by the end was eight to two. Detroit did an exceptional job in that period of eight scoring on their, the breakaway that yep. they got, it was a bad defensive miscue by the Leafs. Yep. Uh, Jake Wallman, uh, Toronto boy coming famous, out of the box. Famous for grittying. Yes. After that <laughs> overtime goal, he had a great game. Though. He was good. He's yeah. honestly really good. Yeah. Like, he not, he okay. looks like a good play. He, he looks like yeah. he could be something. Exactly. Yeah, not, I'm not should saying hold on to yeah. him. Give him a few chances, more chances, yeah. but finishes on that breakaway. But Detroit, their shot blocking ability. It just felt like the Leafs were doing a great job getting the puck into good areas. And then it just like shin pads over the net, wide of the net. Like it was, they were, they did a fantastic job of clogging up the lanes there. But here's the thing with relying so much on shot blocking like that is that it's not sustainable. It's a great skill to have, but when you don't have the offensive element added with it, 
that's where it becomes. I, I can't remember who who this said this. It was on Twitter. It's a great line, but like shop blocking is like killing mice. It's like a mouse trap. It's great. Like okay, you killed the mouse, but if you keep having to kill a bunch of mice. There's clearly an issue yeah. with where you, you are. There's, a, there's set, clearly a varmint issue somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Right? So like that was that's what I felt like it, the the Red Wings game was like. And I, I think that Matthews, Marner, Nylander all consistently got fantastic looks and fantastic chances all game. And you know what? When you just keep going and keep going and keep getting those chances, more often than not, you're going to end up finding the back of the net and you're going to end up winning those games. Kudos to Magnus Helberg. He, has, he also had a great... Great game in that one, but Marner five hundred points too. Yeah, five hundred and five hundred one. Yeah, and it's it's funny because there was a graphic that was put out by NHL, um, the NHL public relations uh, media account. Yeah, uh, uh, and they put out a graphic for the math. Matthews reaching five hundred points. He reached it in four hundred forty five games, which is a, an insane feat. But then Marner did in four sixty seven. That's also insane if you consider the other players who took longer than him to reach that that number i know it's an right. arbitrary number and it's like something silly to look at but I'm i sure feel like mckinnon took way longer oh mckinnon's not even on this list he took <laughs> over 500 games to get oh, yeah. to that point right if uh we're just going to go down this list quickly uh leon dreisaitl took longer nikita kucherov took longer and was i believe older at the time of entering the nhl yeah, he was, he was. uh steven stamkos took longer nicholas backstrom took longer the only people who were faster than him among active players was panarin and he joined the league when he was 23 yeah Austin Matthews, Evgeny Malkin, Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid. If those are the only guys ahead of you, you're probably doing something right. You're in, you're in elite company. Absolutely. There. So how far away is Nylander from 500? Probably a good amount. No. Uh that's a good question. Well, he did get screwed a bit from his uh, he sitting sat out for, for half a season. Yep. So, so let's take a look. He is at 388. He's in 480, he's not 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 close at all. Honestly. Yeah, he's he's not even at 400 yet. Yeah, but and we'll get he'll get there. Yeah, I just. Keep, I'm going to continue on this tangent quickly because I feel like, again, I don't know how many times I've said this, this is probably the most underappreciated player in this market. It's crazy. Mitch Marner, as much as you want to like hate on him or even if you love him, like I don't know. Oh, I, you're saying Marner is? He's incredibly – like even the analytics people who like tend to love him are still – I think they still under – like don't fully grasp how good he is. Because, Underrated? Yeah. yeah uh, essentially, these models t- say he's one of the best forwards in the NHL. And what are these models really poor at doing? Accounting for – like pass quality and pass yeah. like creating chances and what's his best skill? Pass creating chances. So it's like I mean we saw <laughs> we so to, yeah to close off to go off of that point yeah. and close off the Detroit game. I, I think the Leafs got the lion's share of the very good chances in this one as well as the lion's share of like chances in movement as well. Yeah, right. It was a pretty close game. Detroit played them very very tightly. It's just the Leafs. I think in the end. You know, we're the better team. And I mean, when you look at all situations, expected goals numbers, 62.72% for the Leafs. But at five on five, like, the Leafs were only 45.96. Yes. And so I lost it at five on five, but one overall. Yeah. And then also, I'm going to jump topics slightly here, but it kind of relates back. Like, mm-hmm. this past uh, today on, on Twitter, uh, Riley's back on Power Play One. And this was the game that uh, Bunting was actually moved off of Power Play One. Yes. And Riley played. Bunting was and moved. Riley got a primary, uh, a secondary assist. Yes, on the yes, but uh, I don't. I was at the game, so I was fortunate enough to see what exactly happened, what transpired for the Michael Bunting penalty. Because there was a penalty, if you guys remember, yeah. that I saw the broadcast after. You couldn't tell what happened; it just looked like Michael Bunting got a yeah. penalty. Basically, what happened was someone bumped Michael Bunting. He got bumped again, and then the refs 
it to me looked like they were signaling for a penalty, right? Because this was all after the whistle. And then after that was done, they all the players started to dissipate. Michael Bunting saw Lucas Raymond, grabbed him and put him in a headlock. And then and then he got oh, grabbed and put into a headlock. Yeah. And then and then that's where the feed picked up was Bunting in a headlock. So people yeah. were like wondering what the heck happened. I don't know if they showed what actually that, happened on the broadcast. Really. But they didn't go back to it. Yeah. So it was just Bunting in a skirmish, like as, yeah. as they were about to cut the commercial break. Yeah. It was... And yeah, so deservingly so should have gotten that penalty. Like, yeah. <laughs> but also bigger than that, I think Sheldon Keefe was not very happy with that. And I, after, I, I don't know if uh, I'm incorrect about this, but I'm pretty sure after that penalty, he did not play on the power play. Probably not. No. So it that sucks because Bunting looked good on that power play, but also I, I respect Keefe's decision to do that. Yeah. Um, Let's actually take a look at the penalties. Michael Bunting took it in the beginning of the second period, and the Leafs' first goal was 24 seconds in. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways. But anyways, it doesn't matter too, too much. So then closed out the the week, I suppose, in Philadelphia against the lowly Flyers. And again, this is one at 5-on-5, five five, it was pretty – Actually, the Leafs lost the five-on-five expected goal share, which is kind of funny considering it was never a close game (laughs) at all. The Leafs kicked the hell out of them, which is just like, just kind of shows it was a lot of garbage time, a lot of garbage time shots from the Flyers. I mean, Matt Murray played pretty well. He let him one questionable one, but I thought he played all right in this one. Um, But yeah, I wanted to, why I wanted to transition from your Marner talk to this Flyers game, that Cali Yarncroc goal, like, how many players in the league are not scoring that? Like, there's got to be maybe th- four. And one of them plays on our third line. <laughs> I'm talking about Alexander Kerfoot. I love the guy, but he... Would Engvall have gotten that one? I don't know. I feel like he would have gotten that one. He's not that okay. bad of a shoot. Not bad, yeah. not bad of a shot, excuse me. Yeah. But, like, it was just, like, enters the enters the zone, cuts across, buys himself some time, waits, 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 slows the game down to a snail's pace, Finds a seam, bang, Alex, uh, Callie Yarncroc back door. And I mean, I swear Callie Yarncroc has like 11 points in his last nine games. Like, doesn't it pay to play next to Mitch Marner? Oh, oh yeah. my God. And like, talk about tidy work of like, like we signed like Callie Yarncroc long-term, like perfect. Stick Warriors, him, ne- yeah. stick him next to Mitch, stick those guys next to Mitch Marner. <laughs> Don't put the guy who's like on a expiring contract on your second line. Out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're pricing yourself out. If you, if a guy's got term, then, then you stick him there, you know, All like, right. <laughs> but right. yeah, I see what you, you got. You got my point. He has, <laughs> and I'm just doing a quick count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You're right. Yeah. So 11 points in last night, 11 games. points in his last night. Good games. stuff. Three points last game. Not bad, huh? Not bad at all. What is what a life playing next to Mitch Marner there, but yeah. In, the, in this Philadelphia game, like it was kind of what was it? it was two one at the end of the? Uh, do I have that right? Two one at the end of the first, and then the Leafs scored three in the second period, and it was kind of like, all right, it was a lighthearted game. I mean, Gord Middler even started pointing out guys that were just downing hot dogs behind, <laughs> behind the bench behind the philadelphia that bench that was hilarious yeah i thought it was that was a really good seinfeld moment yeah right there the one where uh george is at the u.s open <laughs> he's got ice cream all over his face <laughs> could you imagine like it's like oh did you see me on tv at the flyers game like, yes <laughs> yeah all of, all of canada did 
<laughs> or actually all of Ontario, whatever. I don't know anymore with these blackouts, but a solid game all around. We did see Michael Bunting demoted to the fourth line in the third period there. I don't really know why. Do you have anything on that? I didn't see why that would be. Yeah. Um, in practice, though, he's back on the first line, so it doesn't really matter. But, yeah, that was that was the week for the Leafs. Now, moving forward, some housekeeping items. TJ Brody has been put on the IR, so he will be out a minimum of three games or 10 days. Austin Matthews missed practice today, called it maintenance. They will reevaluate him Wednesday to see if he's good to go for Wednesday. Um, the lines were kind of screwed up today because Engvall was filling in on the first line. And that's a ripple effect. All the way down. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then the defensive pairings were Riley, Justin Hole, uh, Giordano Timmins, who had a fantastic return to the lineup against Philadelphia, and then Sandin Lilgren. So what do the lines look like if Austin Matthews is not good to go? That is a really tough question. I don't know. Is Nylander going to play center? I don't. That's... Even better question. Been practicing a I mean, bit. who who was on? So it was it was Bunting, Nylander. So the line shifts Engvall. were yeah. It was so, Bunting, Nylander, Engvall, mm-hmm. and then the Tavares line was the same as always. It was Yarncroft, Tavares, Marner. Third line was a bit of a shift. It was McMahon, yeah, David Mc- Camp, and Alex Kerfoot. Yeah, and then the fourth line was Dryden right, right. Hunt, David uh, Dryden Hunt, Pontus Holmberg, and uh, Zach Aston Reese. Yeah, so uh, originally, in my, like, just off the top of my head, I would have said Marner, Tavares, Nylander, and then let everything else figure it out. But honestly, I I think that the Marner, Tavares, Yarncrook line is working and, like, rolling. So, like, let's not Screw split that anything. up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, honestly, what we're seeing in practice is probably what we'll see in the game, I guess, right? Engvall because first line? I, I wow. like, Engvall first line in quotations because, like, the first line is really the second, like, the second line is really the yeah, first line, right? So. Uh, but second line's been hot. Lately. Yeah. Um, My goodness. It, it, that'd be cool to see. Cause I, like you said, who would play center? And I, I don't even know if it, are they've been practicing a little bit with Nylander at center at times, even last year they were doing the same thing, but I don't know if they're going to like, I really wonder if those practice lines that we saw Michael Bunting, William Nylander, Pierre Engvall, if that's what we're going to see in the game, like, it, was he a placeholder or like usually what you do with a placeholder, it would have been Bobby McMahon yeah, up there. That's what I was thinking. Right? Because but, that's so that it doesn't screw with the rest of the lines. However, we're not sure if Austin Matthews is playing against Nashville. Uh, this could all be a moot point, which is funny. By the time you listen to this, it could be, oh, no, he's good to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he showed up to the rink. He practiced. Everything's good to go. If you're but, listening to this before 12. Yeah, then, exactly. But if not, then. But. They didn't put a placeholder player up there. They put. They didn't put Wayne Simmons. They didn't put Bobby McMahon. Yeah. They didn't put Dryden Hunt. They put Pierre Engvall, a roster player, up there with Nylander and moved Nylander to a different position. Even though Pierre Engvall, we have seen him this year, as you've so astutely pointed out, he is a center, technically. Yeah. Yeah. So something to watch out for there. For sure. And I think it's good to reiterate my point about like the Pierre Engvall center thing, because it's not like the way the Leafs play, they don't really have like traditional centers where it's like, this is you're the center. You play low in the defensive zone. You go pick up the, you know, like that's the middle. Yeah. They they don't force the centers to play the middle. If you watch the Leafs a lot, you'll notice that they, that, that, that center quote unquote center role in the defensive zone is quite 
often like shuffled in and out between whoever's yeah. closest to the puck, essentially. So it's almost everyone's responsibility to take on that role. Yeah. So especially when you watch Mitch Marner in the defensive zone, like he mostly plays. He in mostly that. plays in the middle, and and it makes sense because you want a guy who's really good at transitioning the puck exactly. there because that's like when they get that puck, what are they going to do? They're going to go transition it, right? So he's really good at stealing the puck. He's got good instincts. So I mean, why it, not? It all makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I, that's why like Pierre Engvall as center, it's not as crazy as it sounds, right? Like, no, he's he's playing on the wing, but, oh, but Nylander at center. Yes. So then you have that center support on your wing mm-hmm. as well. So that's where it kind of helps. But, I mean, do you want Pierre Engvall in your top line? Absolutely not. I'll say yeah. that. <laughs> well, honestly, the reason why – uh, here's like just, just looking at Pierre Engvall and William Nylander, one shoots right, one shoots left. So maybe that's more of a, a, a face-off matchup thing, Ooh. right? Because like, the Leafs do tend to do that is like they have – Depending on your side, like they like to have a guy go on a certain side, right? Whatever. I don't know if right-handed is better on the right side or left side. I can't remember, but handedness tends to play a role in the least right face-off hand, choice. Right side, left yeah, hand, left, left side. side. Yeah, yeah. Something we saw. Yeah. So something to really keep your eye on. Really keep combing through the insiders on Twitter. We'll have an answer soon enough, but it is something to watch out for for sure. Yeah, and quick. Quick, quick point though. If he is hurt, like this is the perfect time to rest Austin Matthews midseason, 41 games in. Like, give him a rest now, maybe before the, the All Star break. They have a back to back too. Yeah. So. I like, I just hope it's not the wrist injury. Like, maybe it's something else. Hopefully he doesn't need surgery. I don't know. Like, it, it seems minor, but yeah. Before the Flyers game, Sheldon Keith did say there's a lot of guys dealing with a lot of things. That Ooh. like it seemed to be like a, a hint that. that there's players playing with some lingering injuries, and I I mean we see it right now like TJ Brody to the IR right TJ Brody was hurt came back for three games mm-hmm. and then back on the IR, so um, thankfully we got like Connor Timmins because and our defense oh. has stepped up. Anyways, it's he is, we're able to fill the spot. He played so awesome spot. against Philly. The the one thing about him I did not I underestimate his defensive game like. The way one thing to watch for when you're watching either any of his next two games because Brody's out for three, he's gonna he's gonna draw in for all of them. He's been playing that well. His first first career NHL goal last game. Yep. One thing to watch for in the defensive zone with Connor Timmins is his head. Watch how many how many times how many times he looks around in the defensive zone. How active he's got a head on his swivel, and it allows him to pick up players that that are in coming into dangerous areas or coming into areas that he should cover for. Like there was a couple plays I I clipped one I took a look at one clip and it really stood out to me. In one play, picks up JVR, JVR peels off. Okay, he goes back to the middle. Provorov tried to charge from the point. He because he was scanning beforehand, he knew that he was already there. Picks him up. No pass option there. He was able to. There was a different play. He he recovered. His defensive partner turned over the puck at the blue line. Uh, sorry, made a pass that was a turnover at the blue line. Um, it was 17 on the Flyers, the fighter. I can't remember his name. He was coming in. No, a different fighter. He was coming in, nice active stick, poked the puck away, no danger at all, which typically right after you turn over that puck in your own end, that's the most dangerous time. He was able to dissolve the situation, like kind of solve solve it. eh, What's the word? Dismember? Dis... Disorient, dis... 
discombobulate. I don't know. Whatever you do when you kill a bomb or whatever. So he was able to. He's, a calm, he's more of a calming presence in the defensive zone yes. than I would have anticipated. And he's a lot better with the puck than I would have anticipated. But what an ad. Yeah. I was going to, like, yeah, just one quick thing on him. He's, like, looks way more polished than I expected. Like, yeah. way Especially more polished. Especially for a guy that's crazy. played, what, 13 games in the last two years? It's crazy. Like, what? <laughs> I, I'm crazy not going to. Crazy when you put a, a. You take a right handed defenseman and don't put him on the left side. Yeah. What, what it can do for him. I was, like, not, I don't want to say giddy, but I was excited about like the prospects of maybe Victor Mete. Like how, when he drew yeah. into the lineup, he looked good. Man, the difference between like, and I'm not, I don't want to disrespect Victor Mete. I, th- I think he's been great for the least so far, and yes, it's unfortunate sure. that he's yeah. been injured. Um, but like the difference between him and Connor Timms is like night and day. Connor Timms oh, is like yeah. you're a legit NHL more, player. More of what you need. Yeah, better at stopping the cycles in the Absolutely. defensive zone. Very yeah. doesn't have to be as aggressive as what Victor Mete had to be, mm-hmm. but still able to, you know, provide more offense yeah. and defense. The big thing that he has over Mete is the nice long stick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to elongate. I, that I just said. long, just long. Stick. <laughs> oh oh God! All right. Anywho. Nashville in town on Wednesday. They're on a four-game win streak. They're pretty hot, 19-14 and six. So that's not going to be an easy matchup there. But we'll see if Austin Matthews is good to go. Uh, either that night, Thursday night, back, a little back-to-back in Detroit. And then Saturday, I believe the Leafs have the Bruins, if I'm not correct. Yeah, that's cor- that you are correct. Ooh, so. a nice, another nice little measuring stick game. Yeah. So to keep on the stick talk, and then in Boston too, and then we have the Panthers. Wow. We're Panthers, Jets. The Panthers. Yes, so uh, that's a nice little three games there. I mean, when are we recording next? Uh, the the day of the Panthers game seven. The games the at seven. We'll walk, We'll probably record after. Um, okay, and then the yeah. Jets after. Jets have been good this year. Jets so. after. Jets have been good. Hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on. Bo- oh, Bobby McMahon called up uh, for anyone that bit. doesn't. We touched on him a little bit, not who the player is. We touched on beginning of the season because I was curious what he kind of is. I mean, he picked it up with the Marlies this year. He had a little bit of an injury issue, didn't score in three games coming back. He has 15 points in 14 games since that three-game slide there. So 17 games played, 15 points this year. He's got good straight line speed. Um Pretty nice shot. It's got some good velocity on it. He doesn't get it off the quickest. He's really good in the bumper position. I like how you know he doesn't stay stagnant. He does try to find a little bit of soft space in like the high danger areas, and he's not afraid of the front of the net either. He's got a good frame on him too. Six two. I want to say two ten at least. Um, the issue is like good straight line speed. However, he doesn't move much laterally. Sometimes puts the blinders on when he has the puck. Um, isn't the most creative with the puck and his hands aren't terrific. So I, I think in a depth role, he could be great. He's showing a lot with the Marlies and he's improving a lot with the Marlies as well. So that's, what's encouraging too. I mean, this is a guy, I believe like how many players, there are not many, just to caveat it. He, I, I want to say, look it up. He played his overager season in junior a in the AJHL. And then went to Colgate for four years. So what what exactly am I looking up? Like how many players have played no. as overagers in the AJHL? Uh, I guess I no. I guess I uh, <laughs> I really screwed that one up. No, that's all but good. There are not many players that you see 
play their overage or year in junior A, not in the OHL, in junior A, and end up in the AHL, or in the NHL, let alone the AHL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he played, oh, so not his overager year. He played his, to his 20-year-old year, and then he played four years at Colgate University. I mean, his last year at Colgate, 20 points in 34 games. Not, his, yeah. his season right now with the Marlies in the AHL, 15 points in 17 games. Awesome. Always love to see when a guy is able to take an AHL deal like that and turn it into an NHL deal and make the NHL. Yeah. and the Awesome to see. Cool part with him is out of university – uh, in his in the 2020 2021 year, which was the COVID year, yeah, he was able to get an ECHL contract, put up 17 and 18. No, he got sent down to the ECHL. Oh, he got sent down to the ECHL. Yeah, oh, okay. and it wasn't even in Newfoundland where they have a good setup there with the Marlies. They weren't playing that year. It was in Wichita. Hey. All right, well, never and mind. then yeah, but he was he had he set the record for like Marlies rookie goal scoring the next year, 24 goals in 61 games. I believe that was tops on the Marlies too. Anyways, so. my point was just it seems like he's been through a lot of adversity throughout his path. So yeah, I would say a good amount. That's always good to see. I mean, like late bloomers happen. We've seen them happen almost directly yeah. before our eyes, right? I mean, so hopefully he can really do what Pontus Holmberg did. And essentially, like, yeah. And like, like is Pontus Holmberg coming out of the lineup anytime soon? No, honestly, and that's a great point because I was thinking about that when when we said we like brought up Bobby McCann, didn't see the Austin Matthews stuff, and I'm like, who do we take out? And I'm thinking, oh, well, it's either Dryden Hunter, Zach Aston Reese, and I'm like, wait, why are I thinking Pontus Holmberg? I'm like, oh, because he's, he's locked in. He's yeah, center. he's center, but he's also locked in. In my head, center. he's locked but in. Yes, right? exactly. Like, that's the so. big part about it. He's 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 locked in. He scored a goal against Detroit too. Nice little oh, tip yeah. in front of the net. So is he gonna grease his way to to ten goals? Like. How many does he have now? I think he has like, th- I want to say three or four. Around there. He's four. He's four. He's 11 points in 26 games. It's crazy. Like, do not expect this. Shooting a th- percentage is very high. Oh, for sure. But, but, I mean, he's getting himself in good areas. So, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, speaking of players that went from an AHL deal to an NHL deal, the Leafs have a couple on their roster. Ri- or have had a couple on their roster. One is on the roster right now. Do you know who that is? Say that again. So AHL deal to NHL they deal. They signed an AHL deal with the Marlies and then were able to turn it into an NHL deal. It's got to be Pierre Engvall. Who else would it be? No. Um, Pierre Engvall might have. Well, but he was drafted by the Leafs. He was so drafted it's a little by the different. Leafs, so it was. Uh, is he playing for the Leafs right now? Yes. Why? Like, oh, it's not Kerfoot. It's not. Mm. Justin Hall. Yep. That's what there it you go. That was, that was too easy. I was thinking forwards. That's that was uh, that took me way longer than it should have. I'm guessing. I'm sorry to everyone listening because you probably already guessed it before me. So second round to Chicago did not get signed, and then was able to. Par- uh, you know, now he's he's played over what I want to say 200 games in the NHL. It's 246. Yeah, good for him. 246. Can't believe he got drafted in the second round. That is wild. As a uh, a forward. And then he converted oh, yeah. to a D-man. <laughs> Just a wild NHL career there. Who Did he get converted in Chicago? Is that what happened? Uh, in college. Oh, In college, they converted him. Oh, okay. Yep. So, huh. anyways, moving on. Shall we get into a little bit of the power play talk, and then we'll get into midseason report cards. Are you a fan of Riley back on the power play? It's a loaded question. Yes, yes. and no, right? So We put out a poll... Do you like the five forward power play? It was like forty five percent said yes, fifty five said no hmm. because it was like recently after they gave up a shorthand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The one thing that I really liked about it, the puck movement was really good. 
I really, really like John Tavares and Michael Bunting, the way that they work together. It's, it's very underrated because they're yeah. kind of one and the same, but I mean, it adds layers to your power play. And you saw in that Kraken, uh, the power play goal they scored against the Kraken. Double screen, high tip from Tavares. Bunting doesn't get a point on that goal, but he was a major factor in that one. There's been a couple Bunting goals where it's Tavares and Bunting switching back and forth from uh, behind the net to net front, and one of them's able to finish. I really like that combination. I hope somehow we can in- incorporate it down the line, but I can understand why they put Riley on the power play. Yeah, um, I like the bun- Bunting on the power play too. I think... Maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's more so Bunting lost his spot by being like not, not good. Yeah, and I think I think I think that's what it is. But yeah, I don't like if we're talking pure like we need to win a game. We have a power play with five minutes left. I w- I would want like a five forward power play out there. I just think it's purely better. I think it is because like the difference between Morgan Riley on the point and either like either of Matthews Tavar or sorry Matthews Marner or Nylander because they kind of it's been Marner most of yeah. the time, but they do switch. Yeah, like. It's the difference of like a half second before making a pass. Yeah. And it sounds so small, but it's like, it's kind of like a quarterback under pressure, right? Like mm-hmm. the one of the best quarterbacks of all time, Tom Brady, he's so good because he gets the ball out of his hand so quick. Morgan Riley just doesn't have that quickness to get, to move the puck out of off his mm-hmm. stick. But counter yeah. that goal that the Leafs scored, Marner scored on the power play yep. against Detroit. What happened in that play? Um, I'm trying to remember. Riley <laughs> took the puck. Yeah. He attacked the middle a little bit, just enough to draw in the defender sent it over to Matthews, who took the one-timer, one-timer missed, and Marner was able to clean up. They scored a goal similar to that in Buffalo as well, and I want to say uh, against the Devils as well, but yeah. I'm not 100% sure on that one. For sure, Buffalo. Riley draws in the, the defender a little bit, sends it over to Matthews for a nice one-timer, and then it's able to cr- cause some calamity. So that's where Fair. Riley is a little bit better. Fair. I think... It can't be said enough. The defensive aspect on the power play, like it was a little bit when the Leafs didn't have the puck, it was extremely concerning. Yeah, it was very suspect to say so, the least. But I mean, like, also Morgan Riley is not the best like rush defender. He's not the best like no, but he's better defender. than what they had. Yeah, out I there. guess like he's better, better than a guy than who he's definitely better than a guy who just doesn't do it normally. So yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It was I, a little less. It's a little less scary when the other team gets the puck. I like I like the adrenaline too. rush. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. it's fun. I it's fun. Know. I didn't... No, I know, I know. Uh, five... I like the five four power play. Hopefully, we get a, get to see another look. But yeah. uh, I'm all right with Riley getting back out yeah. there. And the biggest plus I think Shit. of of not having Michael Bunting on the power play is keeping that number down uh, for next year. No, seriously, this stuff this stuff matters. Is that and... why they benched him sa- Sunday? No, well they they benched him because he freaking I I honestly thought we were going to get a penalty, and turns out we didn't. And we got a penalty against instead. It was crazy, but that was Saturday. It was Sunday. Oh, Sunday? Sunday. I don't know. He got benched. Sunday. Just I guess he didn't play well in the coach's eyes. I don't he know. Took a high sticking penalty early in the third. Maybe that's what that's it was. Probably, anyways. that sounds about right. But, but anyways, let's move on uh, to midseason report cards. Yeah. Um, we got a decent amount. We got a good amount of responses here. Pretty happy. I put it out way too late, which is really my bad. I hope some of the stuff on it, like I just copied the one we had from last year, so I really hope some of the stuff on it isn't like dated. Like how good was Nick Ritchie this year? <laughs> but I think he was traded at that time, so we're good. Maybe not. No, he was. He was on there. I had to take oh, him out. Shit. Okay. Kasha, I had to take out Spezza. I was 
trip, little trip through memory lane. Jack Campbell, Peter Mrazek, all of those names were on that one. So I had to make adjustments there. That's funny. But to start off, the first question that we had, which Leaf has exceeded your expectations the most so far this year? Who did you put? So I put one, then I went back and switched it up. So I would have, I have two that stick out to me. The first one, people are going to laugh, but it's Pontus Holmberg. Like I did not like, like, listen, if we're doing things based off expectations, I didn't even think this guy would be like, would play in the NHL, let alone be like an everyday. He had two points in seven games in the AHL before they called. Exactly. And also like who else on our roster has really exceeded like what our preseason expectations were for them. I feel like there weren't that many who were doing that. There, there, there are one or two forwards. I think you could say, um, defensemen, like me, yeah, you you could Timmons. Tim, yeah, I, I that was the other guy I had down Tim. was Connor Timmins. Mm-hmm. So, but I I went with Holmberg because just simply sample size over Timmins. Like he's played more games, has looked good enough in his role that I'm comfortable with him being the four C. So I think okay. Holmberg is definitely the one who's completely exceeded my expectations. I think that's a great answer. Yeah, I mean, like when you look at as we said earlier, in the, like a few minutes ago, like, Pontus Holmberg's not someone you're looking to take out of the lineup, nope. right? So I think that's a good answer. I put Ilya Samsonov. Um, he was flying at one point. I mean, I posted I posted the chart on Twitter and Instagram of the Leafs goaltending, how it's been goal saved above expected recently, and since mid-December, it has been tumbling. Yeah. A few good games in a row. Yeah. Couple, or sorry, two good games in a row. One from Murray, one from Samsonov. So that was encouraging to see. But... They're both currently sitting at a 916. I've liked the flashes that I've seen from Samsonov. I really think that he saved the Leafs earlier in the season. They weren't playing the greatest hockey. So that's why I had him. And I I had Murray as a slight edge in the preseason. So that's why I didn't put him. But some answers we got here. John Tavares got uh, one one vote here. Matt Murray got three. Uh, Giordano got two. Uh, William Nylander got two, and someone wrote yes. Thank you, whoever awesome. wrote that one. I I agree with yes. No, but yeah. I, I think I think the most valid one on that list is John is uh, William Nylander. I yeah, think he's the, sure. he was the other one I was thinking of, and I mean, you, well, you would kind of expect it, like yeah, without you, looking who leads the Leafs in goals. It's it's William Nylander. It's William I, Nylander. I looked, so it's kind of cheat. I, I looked oh. before this, so it's kind of cheating, but yeah, like it's he's been like of our better forwards he's been the one who's most greatly exceeded expectations i yeah, think been consistent yeah as well i mean matthews didn't have the greatest start to the year now he's i mean 47 points in 41 games he's getting up there but yeah i think william nylander is also a tremendous answer mark giordano that's kind of interesting because i don't know i expected him to be <laughs> this good and he's been very good right I don't know how that's a good one. I didn't think of Giordano. That's a good one. He's been great. Yeah. But like, I I mean, like he's he's a great defenseman. That's where he didn't exceed anything. Yeah. But I I think the part that he's kind of exceeding expectations of, if I were to just like defend that is um, like the, the minutes played we did, we, we signed him and I think he came in expecting to be that third guy with how much depth we have on the left side on top of the fact that knowing Mark Giordano, what do you mean? No. No, okay, but like our like our own expectation for him was to be yeah. the third line, third pairing guy, and like he get minutes. With in a hundred percent, yes. But he get minutes, but not like like there was a long stretch not of playing time. Twenty five minutes. Yeah, he was like he led He's the Leafs in in time on ice. Like him and Justin Hall were 100%. like the leaders. So yeah, I wonder if you can throw Justin Hall in there too. He had a rough start to the year, but like 
It's been all right. Man, like, honestly, all, all the D, I feel like, can be thrown in there. but Especially with the injuries that they've yeah. had. Like, just dealing through the adversity is was good. Exactly. Exactly. Who has been the most disappointing Leafs so far this year? Who did you have? Who did I write? I forgot who I wrote. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Disappointing. 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 I'll give you mine. Number oh, 96. I, I, number 96? Who's number 90? Why do I know? Nicholas Abe Kuba. Ah, yes. Okay, fair enough. He's on they the They literally anymore. said this is our McKay of per- replacement, and he lasted six games. Yeah, that's not good. Did he even play 50 minutes for the lease? Do you think? Oh, like 50, 50 total, total minutes? minutes. Probably I don't not. think so. He played 9.05 average over six games, so f- like 45 minutes. Yeah, tough. Tough luck to be casted away after signing it in the in after six games casted away to make room just for a rot we needed a roster spot way more than we needed <laughs> someone wrote no one i love that answer oh i i remember mine what it was alex kerfoot disappoint okay well because yeah. uh, let's Why let's not? keep it in relation to last year he was kind of flying it felt like you were he the only like, one he felt like he was the missing piece on that second line not really at but points. like at points he 52 was making points last exactly year. and like now he's just not Feels like he's not doing anything, but recently not he's points. done. Yeah, recently he's done what? Better, Nineteen but. points in forty-one games. So he's picked it up for sure. I mean, so has another person who's all over this list, and that's Pierre Engvall. Mm-hmm. I mean, at points those guys were. I mean, you just look at the salary too: two point two five for Engvall, uh, three and a half for Kerfoot. That's five point seven five. A little quick math there. And when you see them both out there just doing, they don't hit. They're not like they're not physical. They don't bring that jam, and they're not good finishers. So it's like at times it's like, what the hell are you doing out there? But recently they've picked it up, which has been nice. I really hope that doesn't stray the front office from being like, oh, we have a great third line out there. Look at that; they just scored a goal in this game. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. I will send. You, I will personally send you all seven games from last playoffs, and then you can tell me that to my face. But some other notes on here, uh, Matthews. I mean, for it's disappointing. Kind of, yeah, it's kind of funny because he's pay, on pace for ninety-four points. Yeah, I mean, disappointing. sure. I guess that is disappointing, <laughs> but the goal total isn't what it it was last season, obviously. But sure, I can see it. I mean. Uh, that's actually fair because like using the same context and using the same um, like reasons that I used. People to, were saying, "Is yeah. this guy going to score seventy? He had sixty goals in seventy three games last year. Yeah, and he came into the year. And when did he get his second goal? Like it was game like eleven. Yeah, I, I swear it was. It, was it in Anaheim? It felt like it took a long time. I yeah. don't know exactly. Or no, when, it was but. maybe against San Jose or something it, to get his second five on five goal of the year. That took even longer. So. I I'll, I'll take that answer in regards to, sure. I mean, I wouldn't if I were to like use numbers with it. I would be like no, but emotionally, sure. At points he was not what you would like him to be. Someone wrote Nick Robertson on here. I mean, availability. Got hurt. Like that's yeah. Yeah, availability though. That's it's major. Mm-hmm. You have to be available. Um, a lot of Morgan Riley's on here. Really. Yeah. Wow. I am not surprised, but yeah, fair enough. I yeah, mean, a few, few Morgan Riley's on there. I mean, someone spelt his name wrong. He does have 19 points in 26 games. Like that, that, that point total is impressive, but I can see why. Still not 
the best defensively. Yeah. I think people are really starting to sour towards him. The thing is, is that he is... When he returned, he looked off. Like, the big thing was, he, he went out. The Leafs went on a heater without him. Yes. $7.5 million defenseman. They went on a heater without you. And he came back, and the defense didn't look quite as good. Yeah. Well, now I mean, it's sh- they've shorted up. He's playing a little bit better. But when you're out for an extended period of time, the, the team gets looks better without you. Yeah. I can see why you're in that answer. Here's the biggest problem, though, is he's only played 26 games. Yeah. And he has 18 goals against. Our our most goals against for a defenseman is Justin Hall, who's played 41 games. If we're looking at time on ice, 445 for Morgan Riley, 711 for Justin Hall. Obviously, Justin Hall, majority of the games. How many playing, goals against is Justin Hall? 24. Say. Sorry. Justin Hall is 24. 24. So Morgan six Riley's more. at 18. Yes. What's the rate, though? You, yeah, mean, well, we, well, let's, you just let's, told me the number. Well, let's get <laughs> the rate. Give me the rate. Uh, it's uh, it's all just mush because of this. It's 2.42 goals against per 60. For who? For Morgan Riley. And so what about Justin Hall? Justin Hall is way further down the list, 2.02. 2.02. Yes. So Morgan Riley leads the Leafs in goals against. Yes. What I mean, if all, like all the other players that are high up on this list are like not regular. So Jake yeah, Muzzin, no, so Abe Kubel, right? Filter those people so, out. Doesn't matter. Um, but if we're looking at regular defensemen, the yeah. next highest would be TJ Brody at two point oh nine. So yeah. the difference between our top def- or quote unquote number one defenseman and our next lowest goals against per sixty is point four per okay. per sixty. Okay. So yeah, you, I can see why Morgan Riley's on there. Sandine is a weird one. It Didn't w- get a lot of votes in here, but Sandine. Whoa! Do you remember at the beginning of the year though? Beginning what? of the year, he was playing on his off wing. Oh, yeah, he yeah, yeah, like Garbage yeah. for like yes. a stretch of five games or whatever. Yes, yes After yes, yes, holding yes, yes, out yes. for a little bit. Sure. Okay. Yes. I, I, I can see why you put him there. So, uh, Oh, someone put sand in. Yeah. Ah, okay. Someone put sand I think in. that's, yeah, okay. Well, they're not long-time listeners because if you listened during that little stretch, you would know that it's probably because he was on his off wing, like we hypothesized. We hypothesized that, but it also he was just playing like shit. Yeah, that's, a, that's so, also a factor. So there's but. that. Uh, Leafs are on a 114-point pace. Will they finish with more? Hit 114 exactly. Finish with less than 114. Um, what did you put? I'm curious to hear what you put first. Because I, I put 114 exactly. 114 exactly. Really? Okay. So I yeah. put I put less because um, I sent you. I sent. Uh, maybe we can tweet this out after. But I okay. sent you a five, the Leafs at five on five through 41 games played. Uh-huh. Just detailing their goals, their shooting percentage, their save percentage, and like their standing points. So compared to this year and last year at the forty-one, like at this mark, the Leafs are essentially having a v- incredibly similar season, right? Fifty-nine points, fifty-seven, fifty-nine points last year, fifty-seven points this year, right? The biggest difference is the Leafs are just shooting a little bit better, shooting nine point one eight percent this year compared to eight point four six percent last year, and their goaltending ninety-two point six one. 91.83. It's a little bit better this year. So, I mean, if we're just looking at these numbers, if they regress, chances are like we're probably not going to. I don't think the goaltending is regressing to last year's level, though. Oh, I mean, yeah, but it it was at an 880 at one point. You're right. But I'm, I'm talking Eric about. Eric Shalgren was the, 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 the savior. Fair enough. Yes. I, I, I'm just, I mean, like. Last year they finished with 115. Yeah. So uh, that's where I, I, okay, I fair, think fair they're going to finish in that range. And yeah. especially what if they add some more at the deadline? Yeah, that's that's true. They, they improve the team. They get playoff ready. That's true. Some teams sell off, right? Yeah. So that's where I mean, a lot of people, 50% said finish with less than 114. 
That means you said a great line, by the way. So, <laughs> I think well, I just took their points total multiplied yeah. by two, right? Yeah, I guess. So, yeah. <laughs> the not the uh, <laughs> it's not rocket appliances, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it was a fairly solid line. Can't play fifty percent less. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um. So to get into the players now, rating how the players have played so far this season. Yeah. How would you rate Austin Matthews' play so far this year? And I'm not talking versus expectation. I'm talking like how would you rate it on a scale of one to ten? How uh, good has he been? I I put him down as an eight. Okay. Um, just because like, I guess like the it probably probably be closer to an eight and a half than an eight. Okay. Um, but I think he's definitely not playing towards the ten that he was last year. So there's got to be some form of leeway there. So yeah, I put put him down for an eight. Okay. What about you? Uh, I put him at, I want to say a nine. I think okay. I think I put like the top my top players for the Leafs. I put all th- three of them as a nine. Okay. Because I think they, and I'll say who they are later. Because I I think they've all had just like very good. I think they've all been kind of similar. They've kind of had trade offs where it's oh this guy looks like the best on the team. They've actually all traded being the points leader on the team. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't think Austin Matthews has, but all three of them have been up there, kind of thing. Like. I feel like they've had similar impacts. I mean, maybe you could give Morgan Riley. Um, I'm sorry, not Morgan. I'm trying to pull something up at the same time as I'm saying this. That's why I'm yeah in shambles here. But um, at times, like uh, Marner, sorry, you could say Marner because of the defensive impacts so good defensively. But I don't know. Like I, I think all three of those players have been around a nine. Matthews last year. He was like at the end cut. of the year, sorry, because right now he's at a similar rate to last year. La- at the end of the last year, he was a 10, 100%. Mm-hmm. And the Hart Trophy speaks to it. Yeah. But this year, I think he's still been very, very good. Yeah. Fair and enough. And it's just, and he, the way that people are saying, oh, he's been the most disappointing, I think it just shows that they have, that he has spoiled Leafs fans. Absolutely. And I do want to play this little clip right here from. Frank said, on the topic of Matthews, I really, really wanted to get into this real quick. Why are people not talking about Matthews' season? Like, it, it blows my mind how little discourse there has been about a guy that goes from scoring 60 to a guy that's on pace for 39. Yeah. Like, how, how, like, how does that... Probably because they're winning, right? I'm guessing. I'm just I'm shocked that it's not, like... So that was Frank Saravelli on the DFO rundown. And I want to say why people are not saying as much about Austin Matthews. And he's not at a 60-goal pace. He's only at a 39-goal pace. Currently, right now, as we're sitting here, he has 20 goals in 41 games, an exactly 40-goal pace. Why are people the best goal scorer in the league, supposedly? Why, why are we not talking about this? Here's why. Last year, he was with Mitch Marner who set him up all over the place like crazy. The The shooting percentage was a bit up from last year. He was getting a little more lucky last year than this year. Number one. Number two, this year he's playing with William Nylander, who is a goal scorer. You want to hear a stat here? Guess who is tied for sixth in the NHL at five-on-five primary assists right now? Is it Austin Matthews? It's Austin wow. Matthews with 12. That Whoa. leads the Leafs. That's tied for the lead with the lead. Lead in the with the blah, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah for the Leafs yes tied with Mitchell Marner right now yeah Mitch Marner one of the best playmakers in the league he's tied with Austin Matthews 
we're seeing a lot of really good playmaking ability from Austin Matthews now. I've seen some people, oh, he's traded off defense. No, his defensive numbers were better last year. I think this year he's had less gaffes in the defensive zone, a little more mental, I don't know, a little laser focus this year in the defensive zone. I don't know. He's taken on more of a playmaking ability because he's playing with, he doesn't have Mitch Marner with him anymore. It's that plain and simple. He's playing with a shooter now. Yeah. And William Nylander has some playmaking ability to him. He does get his cookies here and there, but it's nowhere near the level of Mitch Marner. And so we're seeing, and Matthews is on a 94-point pace. He started the season (laughs) with, what, two points in his first 10 games or whatever? He started the season horribly. So for him to be at a, if you were to tell me after 10 games this year that Austin Matthews at the midpoint of the season would be on pace for 94 points, I would be ecstatic. That's why we're not talking about it that much. You're, you're exactly right, and like even like like you said, if you just look at Austin Matthews' player card, his history, like in his history of of being a player, like on Hockey DB, he's had zero seasons in the NHL where he's had more more assists than goals. Obviously, it's going to be hard to do when you score sixty goals, forty goals a year. It's getting a lot of assists, but this year, twenty seven assists to twenty goals. He's just simply moving the puck more, guys. It's it's very simple. Very very simple. Second on the Leafs in in, in all situations, assists. Great point. So let's move on from that. I don't think it's that was solid. I don't think it's rocket appliances there. Yes. How would you rate Mitch Marner's play so far this season? I think he's been someone, a 10. not many, but gave him a seven. That's a weird one. I if you have a seven, let us know. Shoot us a DM and let us know why you did that. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, it, maybe they have a different. If you perspective. only watch that one goal from the Philadelphia game, sure. I mean, but he had a three assist night, so I don't know. I don't know. Um, what you give him? I give him a ten. I just think nice. he's been our like. I think he's been our best all-around player this year. Yeah. Just, it's, yeah, it's, uh, there's nothing more I guess you could the really point say streak, on it. Point, point, point streak st- record really just showed how consistent he was. Yeah. Like, game in and game out. And so, yeah, good good on both Been asked ends. to do a lot. At one point, was asked to play defense. <laughs> play QB the power play. Do that. Like, go out there and play hockey kind of thing. Crazy. Like, he's, he's been very, very good. I believe he, he was... One of the three players, when I was filibustering and trying to find that video, <laughs> he was one of the three players I, I gave a nine as well. I, I give him, I have Matthews, Marner, Nylander a nine. Um, I think Nylander's on the lower end of that, but yeah. I couldn't split hairs on that. I, I Are we going to Nylander next? No. It's stick with, stick with Marner? To, uh, we can go to Nylander next, but we can stick with Marner for a second. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, what did everyone else say? What were they saying? Mostly more people gave Nylander a ten than Marner. So yeah, I I kind of thought that would happen. Well, I, I also I, I did post this on Twitter. Yeah, so. but I also <laughs> Twitter I, loves William Nylander. I also gave Nylander a ten though. Okay, because I think what partially because my expectation for him was lower this year, and he's exceeded that. So okay. I'm making up my own rules when I do this. Yeah, so. sure. <laughs> we didn't, we so, didn't really set clear rules. So um, who cares? But could have given him a one. I don't care. No, no, no. I, I mean, if I'd give him a one if it was on a scale of one to one. So <laughs> he gets right. a one for me. But, yeah, no, I think he's done fantastic. His his uh, play on the power Deservingly play Deservingly, our player nominated for the All-Star game. Absolutely. like um, Leads the team in points. Fantastic presence in the defensive zone. Kills penalties, although recently they haven't been doing a great, great job of that. But hopefully that turns around soon. Yeah. So, Mitch Marner, awesome season. Let's go. William Nylander, you said you gave a 10. Yeah, I gave him a 10. I gave him a 9 as well. I think that's the right range. The lowest he got was an 8. 
Yeah. And that was like the least amount of people gave him that. So I, I his he's been fantastic this year. Yeah. Also been pretty consistent, I would say, too. He's on pace for 44 goals this year and 90 points, which is would be a career high for him. Yep. So. I mean, this is going to be purely anecdotal. People are probably going to laugh at me, but I brought this up earlier in the year, and I think it's still reigning true. I really think that he's playing with a little bit, a little bit more pissed off. Honestly, I think that's the best way to put it. Hopefully, I on it. Like, it's just I see some little things every game that it seems like he's they just wouldn't normally do. I don't know. I don't know if yeah. I can like describe it, but didn't love how he got turnstiled twice against. Uh, you know what? He's time, here's the thing. He's that's, not. That's one little. He's part. not a good. He's not fantastic in his own zone that's fine but like i'm just i'm thinking more on the four check off the puck he's i i liked what he was he's been doing he's been like seeming a little to be a little bit more pestery on the player instead of just kind of gliding in and just like trying to be smart and like try and pick off the pass he's like a little like a little bit harder and that's that's all i need to see and i'm happy with that i'm happy with that and then on top of that he's been lights out shooting He's, he's a great shot and uh yeah, I've, I never thought a line with him and Matthews would work. I always was against it and it seemed to be working. So they forced it through. Yeah. They forced it to work. He's only shot 15.3% this year, 13.3% last year. So it's not a crazy kind of – and his career high – well, second highest year in goals, 31. He was shooting 15.7 that year. So mm-hmm. it's like he's not shooting at a crazy high clip. I would like it if he didn't look off Austin Matthews so many times. <laughs> you kind of got to remember how good that guy is at scoring goals yeah. too. So that's just my one small criticism, but I gave him a nine there. Um, let's go to the next one. Uh, Michael Bunting. This one was a little bit all over the place. Someone gave uh, him a five. I think I gave him like a seven or an eight. Okay. Yeah. I gave yeah. him uh, I gave him an eight. Yeah. And kind of so, like that second tier player on our team. Yeah. Uh, for me, the reason why I gave him that grade is because just like my expectation of bunting when, when moving Marner away from that line, I think my expectation of bunting kind of changed on what he could potentially do. And he I thought he on the lineup. Yeah. And, but I, I thought he would be able, I thought he wouldn't be able to do as much as he was doing with Marner on that line instead of Nylander. And it seems like he's been able to maintain what he's done. Mm-hmm. So I, that's why I giving him an eight is not like a disrespect to him. I think that's like good. I think I he's think done well. Way, I mean, yeah. if you give him a nine, that's, that's a little bit high. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was he was hot. Two goals against Colorado, three points against St. Louis this past week. Zeros across the board, unfortunately. But hopefully he he takes that as motivation. You know, the way that Sheldon Keith has kind of kicked him in the kicked him in the ass a little bit. But yeah. I gave him an I I, I yeah, I gave him an eight. I think that's very fair. He's yeah. in that second tier of uh player on the Leafs. So yeah, eight's been fair. Uh, let's go to the next one we have here is John Tavares, who has been a little bit hot and cold this year, but I, I believe is on a goal streak right now of three games. If I'm not correct. Yeah. Yep. Three points against Philadelphia, two goals against Detroit and a goal against Seattle. What did you give John? I Tavares? gave him a, I, th- I think a seven or eight again, uh, uh similar. Nobody s- gave him a seven. So, so I gave him an eight gave similar an eight. boat yep, as Michael here. Bunting. Uh, just been better this year than last year. Yep. I would say. Yeah, almost at a he's, point a game. He still looks slow, but he's he's doing other things on the ice to make up for that. Um, okay. I don't know exactly what those are, but he's uh, like a lot listen. of power play production. Yeah, so a big part of why the power play is working. So then there you go. If he turns out to just be a power play guy, that's still wow. I'm still okay with that. Power play points. That's massive. That is that that's is the same ton. amount of Holy points smokes. as Kerfoot has. Holy smokes, that's a lot. 
but um, it's because he plays the power play so well. Yeah, I think. Yeah, no, well, he does. He's a, such a pain to play against. Like big, mm-hmm. strong, like tough in front of the net. Like Wins also a lot of puck battles. Really smart when he went to peel off and open up that sh- that that uh, passing lane back door. Like does a lot of things. Oh well. yeah, you, you know, like going yeah. from net front to the, like kind of going like in more it's in good. high slot. Um, good yeah. call. I think when if you if you're a team that isn't as physical, John Tavares is gonna have a heyday Absolutely. with the puck in the offensive zone. Absolutely, I believe so. I give him an eight as well. I think it's very fair. He's he's really turned it up, and I I think really been a big part of why the Leafs have been able to maintain such a crazy point pace from last year. Right, he's been able to to elevate his game, even though his point pace isn't as different as it was last year. I feel like he's been better in his own zone um as well as you know keeping it up offensively yeah uh all right how would you rate alex kerfoot's play so far this season i think i gave him like a five or a four a lot um, of most people gave him a five yeah so underwhelming in relation to last year but also he's he's alex kerfoot he's playing on our third line so how much more do you want from the guy again I feel like I've said this a million times. If we were to make a deal at the deadline, he'd probably be the one going the other way. Who knows? Maybe not. But like just to make salaries work, it seems like the most logical option. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's been he's been okay, like okay all around. I guess I don't know. I'm just not. I'm just yeah, not. Whatever. I'm just not a fan of him. Never have really have. Maybe I think the thing is with Alex, like if if a different fan base were to hear us talking about a player that has 19 points in 41 games and his career high is 50 points, they'd be like, what the like. What the hell? Yeah. But it's like, it's Alex Kerfoot. Like, you're not getting anything more from him. You don't really want him in the upper part of the lineup. He's going to disappear for multiple games on end. Yeah. It's not be- because of a lack of effort. It's just just the way he is. He's an undersized, kind of speedy defensive forward. Yeah. With some playmaking that's, ability. Yeah. and That's getting paid a, li- a tad too much money. Yeah. And... He's like the only guy I think. If I watch, if I watch more teams consistently in the NHL, I'd probably feel this way about other players as well. But he's the only guy where I'll see on a breakaway and just not even care because I know he's not going to score. Oh yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, there's a few other play, but yeah, yeah so you know what I'm saying. I think every yeah. Leafs fan echoes that as well. Yeah. So I, I believe I gave him a six too, or would you give him five? Five, yeah, probably five. Oh, I gave him, yeah, I give him a five. A lot of people give him a five. Got a two, a three, a four, one six. Someone gave, someone gave him a six to be nice. David Kampf, how has he played so far this year? Uh, I want to say I gave him a six. Like, bet, okay. like Most like, people gave him a seven. Yeah, so I think around there, six, seven. Yeah. I think that's a fair spot for him to be. I think he's a step below John Tavares in terms of importance-ness on this team, yeah. if that's a word. Well, but he's a step below, but like above what Kerfoot, Engvall, Holmberg, all of them. He's okay. arguably our sixth best forward. Not when I say best, I mean like most important. Most important, yeah. Six most because important of the defensive forward. ability, one hundred percent penalty kill ability. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and underrated playmaking ability. Have you guys seen him move? Yeah. Have you guys seen him shoot? Come on. How many goals? Yeah, he's 15, 15 points in forty-one games this year. Yeah, four goals. Not bad. Good for him. That's way. I mean, last year he was on twenty-six points in eighty-two pace. So, if we were to look at rates at five on five. And compare them. Last year, he was at 1.1 for 5-on-5. 1.1 points per 60. This year, he's sitting at 1.5. The exact same goal pace, too. Hmm. Not bad. He's having himself 
a hell of a year. So, and in a contract year too, unfortunately. But I give him a seven. Tad below John Tavares, above the other depth players, though. The best, the best of the depth, if that's a word. Someone gave him. He got a ten, a nine, an eight, a six, and a five. But most people gave him a seven. So, how would you rate Pierre Engvall's play this year? Ooh. I think I gave him a four or five as well. Okay. Like as uh, as like similar to Kerf. I think I gave all those guys. Or, like, Most people give him a five. Yeah. Just again, based off expectations. No. So you were a fan of Engvall last year. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. There's a difference between Engvall getting paid 750 and Engvall getting paid 2. He was at 1.25. 1.25. Sorry. There's a difference between him now basically getting a one. Yeah. That extra million dollars, I think, does make a difference. Okay. Um. Also, he hasn't been that like that that impressive. Like, feel like he's been stagnant. Like, he's been just the same as last year. You'd like to see something to improve in his game. I feel oh, like nothing has really okay. improved. So, because I was gonna say, I was gonna try to dunk on you and be like, "Ha ha!" Well, his points total, his points rate, and everything is the same as last year. Yeah, his five on five points rate is exact same as last year. One point yeah. seven. Goals rate is up a little bit this year at point eight, and assist rate is down a little bit. So, kind of funny to look at there. But yes, as you said, if you're paying the guy two point two five, I think the Leafs wanted him to be closer to a forty. I heard, I think it was James Myrtle say beginning of the year, giving him that money. Maybe the Leafs want him to be that forty point guy. He's ticking up and up. He had thirty five points last year, fifteen goals, but it's been the exact same rate. He's been hot recently. Mm-hmm. But how long will that keep up? How sustainable was his offense? Like, did you see anything else besides the points total that was different or better? No, not, not, not that's really. No, no, yeah, not really. That's the, and that's the problem. I think that's where so, the problem lies. So, yeah. yeah. Anyways, moving on. Uh, oh, uh, I believe I gave him a five as well. It's probably in the same range as curve yeah. kind of thing. How would you rate Callie Yarncroft's play so far this I think, year? I think I put him up in the seven, six, seven, eight range because I think most people gave him a six. Yeah, I think he's again based off my expectations. Not like someone gave him a ten, just about or just maybe more than mm-hmm. I expected from him. So yeah, six about a he was six, down. I mean, I swear he had four points in his first thirty games or yeah, something, when, and when now. He, He's just on a complete tear. Couldn't find a spot in the lineup, but once he did, he was good. Well, also, he was playing with a bunch of players that were just not not offensive factors. I don't even remember who he was playing with. He was playing with Abe Kubel and, oh, and Engvall. He was playing with Kerfoot in, for a while oh. and then Engvall as well. And so he'd get one good feed once in a while, and he would finish on that, but wasn't playing with the best playmaker, so it was really affecting his play. And then now he's with the best playmaker Arguably, arguably the best playmaker in the league. So finishing a few more of those uh, open netters. So I, I think a seven is very, very fair. I probably gave him, I think I gave him that as well. How would you rate Pontus Holmberg's? I, I think so I, I think I might have given him a 10, honestly, just again, based off of expectations. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I told you. Ranges you have from all the way from five to 10. Yeah. So I think a that. six is fair. Yeah. I think that the six is fair. Like Below David camp. Yeah. But above, like right around the same. I think, I think in terms of impact, he's kind of been similar to what. Like, yeah. I think he's been about, about ish. I want to say like Engvall Kerfoot, yeah, simply I, because uh, he plays center on the fourth line. He's not playing with the most offensively inclined players, 
And as we said, I believe what is he had eleven points in twenty six games, playing yeah. on the fourth line, ten twenty four a game. Yeah, he's offensively responsible. Away from he's able to get himself the puck. Like he looks comfortable carrying the puck. He looks comfortable defensively. Like it's very very encouraging. And it, this is one of the younger guys on the roster too. So, I think. In terms of expectation, as we mentioned earlier in the episode, yes, so that's why. But I'd still have him around a six-ish. Fair enough. In that Kerfoot Engvall range. Yeah. Well, I think because he like he hasn't been stupendous, but he's been just right. way above expectation. But part part of him being good as well allows for David Camp to do yes. the things that he does, right? Because again, he's not like you're like you're allowed to alleviate some of that pure pure like defensive minutes off of David Camp. You're allowed to play yeah. him on that third line, like. You can do more things with him, I think, when you have a guy like Pontus Holmberg right. anchoring the fourth. So, honestly, like, felt felt really weak with the center depth going into the season. Pontus Holmberg has made me feel a little bit more comfortable. We didn't know who the fourth line center was going to be. Yeah, for a while it was David Camp, and they were trying Kerfoot at center, but it just wasn't working. So, it was a real good, a real clutch, cheap fill-in kind of thing, and it's been solid, especially for a fourth line center. Zach Aston Reese, how would you rate his place so far this year? I think I put him at like a four to five. Yeah, I, I had him around there as well. Only has five points this year, four goals, scored one against Philadelphia, needed that one. I, don't, I hadn't scored in the longest time, but we knew that coming into this year with Zach Aston Reese, what he was going to be. Uh, hasn't hit 100. How many hits does this guy have? Where are we? 86. Eh, it's not. Leads the Leafs and hits. Never mind. So there we are. Adds a little bit of jam, defensive element, penalty killing on the fourth line. I mean, he's an eight fifty player, right? You take him in and out of the lineup. It is what it is. You don't. You're not banging the table to get at Zach Aston Reese on the playoff roster. Yeah. Yeah. So I think below Kerfoot, Engvall, Holmberg is fair. So around four or five, as you said. Good call. How would you rate? Let's get into the defense now because Dryden Hunt, there hasn't been enough. There, the rest of the guys, there hasn't been enough to watch. Yeah. How would you rate Morgan Riley's play so far this year? Like a five. Oh, my God. No. Really? Why? I'd say six-ish. Okay. Fair. That's the same range as me. Few people give him a 10. I mean... It, there is no <laughs> consensus what can, he got. Can you? Can you? He see? got a lot of fours, a lot of fives, a lot of sixes. Okay. A, a lot of tens compared to that. Okay. Well, the person who all voted- the way from one, he got every number one to seven. No eight, no nine, and a couple tens. The person who answered yes to most improved or most like exceeded expectations is the guy who voted Morgan Riley like ten. Maybe. <laughs> but anyways. Probably. Uh, I'm curious to see, like, can you see, like, f- who submitted what answers and, like, what they gave more, like, which which guy submit, uh, which person submitted on? I don't think so. No. No? Okay. Because no, I was going to see if we could see who submitted the least, like, their lowest expectation to be Morgan Riley, like, the player who's exceeded the expectations the least. Uh, I wish. I wish you could. That would that'd be a great Because I'd be curious to see what they gave. I assume they didn't give him a good number. Anyways. Um, yeah. I don't Just think times when someone. Uh... Oh, so you can see, actually. Interesting. So Anyways, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Morgan Riley for a second. The reason why I don't think he's been playing that well this year, it's simple enough. He's it feels like other than on the power play, you just don't notice him, which is I guess okay for a defenseman, but not for an offensive score like an, a score offensive scoring defenseman. You want to be able to notice him in the offensive zone. I feel like he has tendencies that just don't 
I don't know. I just don't think he's been that good this year. Uh, like maybe we can get more in depth on it later because I we talk we've been talking about it, like what a potentially lot. could a be his. A lot of people have been talking defici- about deficiencies, been. right? Like so, someone that wrote Mark uh, Morgan Riley is the most disappointing leaf of the year gave him a four. Okay. The other person that gave Morgan Riley the most disappointing uh, leaf of the year also gave him a four. The one person that gave him a one was someone that's the person that said. Which leaf has exceeded your expectations so far the most this year? And they just responded, yes. Oh, no. <laughs> so they gave Morgan Riley a one. I wonder if they just gave every player a one. No, they didn't. Oh, okay. Anyways. No. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. I don't know. He's He has his clear deficiencies in the defensive zone. If we're going to, like, let's let's yeah. just quickly roll through that. Like, obviously not good in zone defense, not good defending the rush. So, like, what is he good at defending the zone? Uh, nothing, really. Again, he, he's a good passer. He does does really really well in transition he's like one of the best skaters yeah. like defensive skaters in the he's nhl fast he's fast and he's, he's able not to, a good skater to move he's the fast move the puck up the line. ice um but yeah it's just tough pill to swallow at seven and a half mil for the next eight years it's just it's, no move plus it's gonna be tough so so yeah it hasn't this season is definitely not um you know rolled out the red carpet for that uh that contract so moving on tj brody how would you rate his season so far this year? I think I gave him like a seven or an eight. Most people gave him a seven. Yeah. And so. I, I think part of that number is because he plays with Morgan Riley. And I'm I'm, I'm like, well, the reason why I'm saying that is because he gave he, him the Morgan, Reich, what, the Morgan Riley stipend. Yeah. Or the Morgan Riley. Well, like he, his numbers are, aren't, don't look as good as they should be because of who he's playing with. If you look okay. at his with, without numbers, without Morgan Riley, he's playing a lot better. That's all. Yeah. That's I all mean, I'm trying to say. Eight points this year, 28 games. He's been injured 13 total games now this year, so that's kind of knocking down a peg. I thought to start the year he was like the Leafs' best defenseman, but lately with these injuries it's been a little bit a little bit tough, right? So mm-hmm. the best – you need to be available to be rated, right? Yeah, that's fair. So that's fair. That's where I feel like a 7-8 is appropriate. That's where I feel like he's actually below this next guy, Mark Giordano, who had a lot of 10s in this one. What did you give him? I think I gave him a 10 because he's, again, like just expectation-wise, like we didn't think he would be a guy who would like like consistently exceed 20 minutes of ice time a game, and it got to a point where he's playing 25 minutes of ice time a game and looked Really damn well doing so. Like, I think he's actually been our best defenseman this year, honestly. Yeah. I gave him an eight. So I really think above TJ Brody and above yeah. Morgan Riley. I thought he's been very, very solid yeah. this season so far. And it's crazy to think that, like, without him, we'd be completely <laughs> screwed. Yeah. That cap hit is fantastic. <laughs> he's been playing a ton of minutes, plays well defensively, takes on any partner. Any partner, he will take them on and play well with them. I feel like there was just a little small smidget of stretch where he wasn't playing the best hockey, but now he's back up up to speed, and he's playing really, really well. So Mark Giordano, shout out to him. Eight, nine, I think is a pro. Er, no, sorry, eight, because I put the Nylanders and the Matthews in nine. I can't yes. quite get him to that high. So eight, I feel like, is very appropriate for him. Connor Timmins, what did you give him? I feel like I gave him like a between a six and an eight. I feel like I, I, I don't I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. I gave him a seven. I feel like that's a little. I feel like just because he's only played thirteen Small games sample, this year, yeah. yeah. So six is more appropriate because you can't give him the same as Brody. 
Yeah. Right? But in the small few games that he's played, he's played like what? 10 games for at least, 13? not even 13. Yeah, like you can't. 10 points. I it's tough say. to take away a lot from that. 10 points. Holy smokes. Yeah, um, Connor Timmons, one goal, nine assists, shit. 10 points in 12 games. And like, he's been, it's, it hasn't been phantoms. None of these have been phantoms. Yeah. I'll tell you that for free. And in terms of defensemen, he is Morgan Riley first. Nice. Good. Great radio. Giordano, uh, sorry, Riley, Sandine, Giordano, and then Connor Timmons. Is fourth in terms of defenseman and scoring. That's crazy. He has more points than Logren. He has more points than Brody. And he has more points than Hull. Wow. Hull is also a fun fact, formerly a forward. Yes. (laughs) Formerly a winger. University of Minnesota. (laughs) As we we mentioned. What would you give Hull? I think I gave him like a 5-6. Because he's been, like, he had that rough start to the year like we talked about. But he's been steady kind of since. All right, 6. I think 6 is very appropriate. Fair enough. He's just... It's Justin Hall. He, he is what he is, right? Yep. And he's he's been playing top four minutes. And if, if you're, he hasn't been the greatest. Again, his puck retrievals are abysmal. But good shot blocker, good penalty killer. He is what he is, right? Yep. Um, moving on, Rasmus Sandin. What would you give him? Seven, I think. I think I'd give him a seven because he, again, like you said, didn't start off well. But recently, I think he's really come into form. I liked how he he's was been okay. I liked how yeah. he was playing on the power play. I think that, honestly, the Lilligren since like since Riley's came came back, I know they list the Lilligren Sandin pairing as our third pairing. It's been our best pairing. Now I don't think they get the easier minutes too. Honestly, wow. I think they've been fantastic. They're so good at moving the puck up the ice. It's it's great to Your see. Brother didn't agree. I think. I- he he did Detroit. agree. He did agree. Oh, he said they were the best. They one? were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who do you say was the worst? R- the Riley Brody pair. Oh, okay, never mind. I got confused <laughs> there. But no, they, like when like from like I was at the game. Like they were, I thought they were electric that game. They looked really, really good that game. And you know what? Maybe it's because that Detroit overall is not as good of a team as like the higher end teams. But yeah, um, I thought they looked. I was like blown away at how good they looked. I'm like, I was shocked. I forgot how good they were together. So. Yeah, they it's really miss Tyler Bertuzzi, but he's just been For so sure. injury. It's crazy because they don't they don't have many. I, I might be speaking out of term. I don't think they have many like heavy forwards, like many very good forecheckers. Well, the one guy that they they signed to like kind of maybe I don't want to say it, address that problem. Wait, was it Palat? Oh, no, he was, on, he was on the Devils. What am he's I saying? Never mind. Sorry, never mind. They signed David Perron. They signed never Andrew Cop. They brought in. They had Elmer Soderblom. I haven't heard of him at all recently. I don't even think he played against the Leafs. Might be injured for all I know. Who knows? But like they have Lucas Raymond he there. He's in the NHL. Ah, so there you go. They have Lucas Raymond there, who's a very good player, sniper. Dylan Larkin's leading the team in scoring there. Like they have some good players. It's just against the Leafs, they it didn't look like much. I don't know. No. So, anyways. Moving on. In terms of Sandine, I want to like Brody-ish level. I would say. Uh, in terms of how he's played so far this year, so around a seven, I think is fair, and that's the most popular answer he got there. Um, how would you rate Timothy Logren's season this year? I think the six, seven, same amount of that as I would give to. Her. A lot of people give him an eight. Sandine. Really? Okay. He's been I very think he's steady. Been very steady this year. Yeah. He is tremendously he's improved tremendously from last year. Like in terms of just being able to play in that top 4 role and 
be on his own because if you remember last year, he excelled the most in those sheltered minutes with Sandine. And then when he was playing with Giordano, he like, and then there was that rough patch with Riley. I won, one game they put him with Riley. I don't think it was an issue at all just because of how much more matures Timothy Lilligram feels. So I understand that eight. Does he deserve it? Uh, I think a seven is more appropriate as well in that Sandine Brody kind of role. I mean, in terms of, as we mentioned last episode, like in terms of the defense, like none of them have been like elite or fantastic. Like Giordano has been very, very good. I don't think he's been quite to that level yet. But as we said, like Giordano has been very good. Brody's been solid. Sandine's been solid. Lilgren's been solid. Timmons has come in and played solid. Justin Hole has been just below that, but he's been Mm -hmm. okay. He's been whatever. If, right as a whole as a yeah. collective whole through the regular season they've been solid and they've been able to get through that adversity it feels like we have a hog hog posh i don't know if that's a word like a, a, a yeah. lump of like three to five defensemen yeah like like exactly. like defenseman three to defenseman five yes like, so it's a it's good but it's also not you die and they're all playing two way as yeah. well yeah that's true right and also again like the leafs are like fifth in expected goals against so they have fifth least expected goals in go. so obviously defense doesn't defense doesn't equal defensive impacts but yeah they play a part i right? agree so i agree uh forwards are a big part of that 100 percent, 100 percent. like the the private models are really uh showing that so Fair. let's go on to the goaltending Ilya samsonov this season it's funny because if again if this was if this poll came out like six games ago i think both guys would be getting tens like nine ten yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now their save save percentage is nine ten. Uh, no, it's nine sixteen. <laughs> it's nine sixteen. Sorry, it was it was there. It was there. I had to go for that. I so. know. But I think I gave Samsonov and Murray both the same. I believe I gave them a seven they, six. I mean, both nine sixteen. So yeah, yeah like, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, in terms of really bad starts, the stat which is uh, start with a save percentage below eighty five percent. Developed by Rob Volman in Hockey Abstract. That's what's on a hockey reference here. The Samsonov has three of those starts. Matt Murray has four. Their quality start percentage, though, which quality start percentage is uh, quality starts divided by games started, which 60% is good, below 50% is bad. Um, they didn't explain it, but I believe that's when your save percentage is above what your league, like your. Um, What's it called? Say percentages. Uh, your say percentage on the year is I want to okay. say, but anyways, sixty-eight point eight percent for Samsonov, sixty-two point five percent for Matt Murray. Like a lot of quality starts, but they've also really, really sprinkled in some shit ones there too. So I, I think I don't think you could put it better than what you said six games ago. Both were getting eight, nine, ten, and. That honestly just might be the danger of this goaltending tandem. Yeah. We said that, it was coming down regression. Yeah, but it, it might, but like just like it might be just a tandem that is either good, like really good, or just like god awful. Like where and it, the, I feel like it feels like we'll get a game where there's no in between, right? Like, is that fair to say? Like, not maybe uh, maybe that's a little strong I on think the god awful. But we haven't gotten one yet, kind of thing. But. I feel like it'll even out. I think around, I think an eight so far with how he's played, it'll probably finish the season closer to a seven. But with how they've played so far this year, I think it's fair to give Murray and Samson off an eight. Fair. Okay. Kind of difficult to say who's been better. 
Yeah, they've been almost identical. Yeah, it's funny how when you look at the chart, both are save percentages up, 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 and then both of them together down, yeah, I, down, I down. I sent down, you down. the <laughs> yeah with the ski yeah the ski emoji because <laughs> it's a uh, yeah it's a hill but yeah, uh, it's coming the, back up. The interesting thing to note is it's honestly like I, I it's tough to see on these graphs because uh, it, it looks like we kind of took a similar trajectory in last year with save percentage. Yes. If I can just pull up that chart. Oh, that would make sense. Right? Actually, right at January, all-star break. Everything fell that's off. That's when everything fell off a cliff. Yes. So that's kind of funny. Yes. <laughs> um, just trying to pull it up now, but yeah. So, Anyways, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I believe you. So, oh, Sheldon Keith. How would you rate Sheldon Keith and the coaching staff so far this year? I think they've been very good. Oh, nice. What what date? What number is that right at where they hit the zero? Uh, they hit zero at I want like probably thirty game thirty six maybe. Oh, nice. <laughs> Just about oh, when shit. we did. So if game forty is here, here's probably thirty six. Hopefully, Leafs goaltending is a little better than what that <laughs> stretch was last year because that was that was weird. Yeah. Um, I think I gave coaching the coaching staff, staff I, I an eight. eight. Yeah, because yeah. they been solid. Power play special teams have been solid. Been able to, you know, make the best of ragtag defense that had come through kind of thing. I mean, we did have a lot of D coming in. There was a log jam at the beginning of the year, but there's a log jam no more because there's always someone getting injured. But yeah, I would, I, I think in eight, they've done a, I think I really like what they've done yeah, so I, far I, this year. I think that's why we got to credit them. Cause like, yeah. like you said, they've been we, able to fill in we all the holes of the injury though, yeah. after game 10. So, like, and also they figured out like the forward, lines right like i thought we wouldn't see they changed them yeah. they and stuck they, to them yeah and it's been solved we haven't seen the blender come out too too much i forgot the, i almost i almost got rid of that word from my vocabulary when thinking about the Leafs. so that's always good to see because so last year literally go. at this time just like literally january 15th right today's january 10th yeah. we're recording around january 15th when marner was coming back that's when they started initiating the blender more and more and more yeah. as the season went on they put nylander on the third line with david camp it was like, ah, look how smart we are here. And then they would change it like 10 minutes yeah. in. It's like, okay, that's, that's nice. And we would talk cool. about it for like 20 minutes. Oh, this is good. Like, it's so interesting to see. I can't wait to see it. And then we get five minutes and of it. And we didn't see it. Yeah, it's like, all right. So, and then we, I just we dreamt did that in the playoffs too. But yeah. anyways, this is a new year. This is a new year. Eight, I think is appropriate. Fair enough. They've been great. Fair enough. So thanks everyone for putting those responses in. Makes this exercise a lot more fun did you have any other points to discuss no i think i'm good there i think i'm yeah. good there yeah um overall let's what, what do we what do we give the team out of 10 i think i think we're about where we were last year yeah no right we're like right at it yeah but so honestly but the, it feels like team team level we're playing better goal goalies have been mm-hmm. about equal i maybe less less polarizing i yeah, guess because second in the division horrible but third in the conference uh tied with carolina no yeah yeah dead tied with carolina but they have a game in hand and overall in the league they're third in the league yeah and that's so abysmal that you sit third <laughs> in the nhl in the entire nhl and your first round matchup Currently, right now, do you know who they play? Tampa Bay. The Tampa Bay Lightning. The two back-to-back and Stanley Cup finalists from last year. Your first-round matchup. 
Your reward for being third in the NHL, your reward for being third in the NHL is playing the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round. Honestly, it should be getting to the point now where like NHL teams should just not even... Like, why even care about a season? It seems like if you, if you're the Lightning, like, well, that's what they kind of do. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, the season doesn't matter. Honestly, they want they want to lose more. They want to lose more right now because, like, who would you rather play of those three teams? You have you could potentially like Devils have been a fantastic team, but like if you had to choose between the Bruins, Leafs, and Devils, like encourage like. like we got to start cheering for more losses. Let's goaltender regression. Let's go. Goaltender regression. I want that first wild card spot. How about that? Yes. First, so then you're not playing Boston. And then you... you So then you're playing the top metropolitan team. Yeah. I mean, what what sounds like an easier path? Tampa Bay, Boston, and then the Eastern Conference Finals? Or Devils slash They're second in the metropolitan. They get to play the, the Washington Capitals right now, who started off the year horribly. And overall in the league, the Devils are seventh. That's crazy. Oh, that's just horrible to realize. But I'm just peeking at your standings. Crazy how well the Kings are playing right now. There's like six. Kings are six. We wrote them off. I didn't have them in the playoffs. Did no, you but have the Jets in the playoffs. No, and it's it's hilarious. We talked about the Kings. We're like, if they Kraken? get Kraken, yeah, Kraken. We had. We all had the Kraken in action. I didn't. Oh, you, you did? did. I believe you were the only. You might have been the only. I think one. I convinced you guys to put them all in. I didn't put them in. No. Yeah, Central right now is Stars, Jets, Wild. Pacific is Knights, Kings, Kraken. Wild card is is the Flames and the Oilers. Outside looking in, ooh, the Predators, the Avalanche. The Blues are tied with the Avalanche, but have three more games played, and so on and so forth. Okay. All right. That's all. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Go, Lisco.